Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching the final of Indian Wells 2023. It has been a fantastic tournament on both the men and the women's side. The WTA circuit in particular has been quite interesting because we expect to see players that we weren't really sure would make it to the, you know, the latter stages of the competition. But the WTA is proving to be a circuit that's kind of imitating the ATP in terms of superiority amongst the top players. For a while, you wouldn't be surprised to see a 25th seed in the final of a 1000, WTA 1000, a Masters 1000. But now we are seeing top players asserting themselves and really going very far into the tournament. As we speak right now, the four ladies that are in the semifinals are all within the top 10. This is very good for the WTA because it makes the rankings matter. A lot of people, particularly on Twitter, like um, they complain about how the rankings in the WTA don't make sense because if a player is the second seed, it doesn't mean she's the second best player on, on top. But I think those days we are, we, we, we are getting part of those days because the, the top players are asserting themselves on a weekly basis, particularly in the big tournament. Arena Sabalenka, Maria Sakari, Elena Rybakina and Iga Shuatek. Those are your four, your four semi-finalists at this year's Indian Worlds. We haven't played the first semi-final. I think it is going to be the Sakari versus Savlenka one. And it is going to be amazing because both ladies have been playing fantastic tennis. I mean, for Sakari to get uh, to the semi-final, she had to face uh, Petra Kvitova in the quarterfinal. They won three sets, beautiful tennis, and obviously one has to win. It's one of those matches for me where I felt like one person has to win and it ended up being Maria Sakari. I don't think she's been she's just looked pretty well this year or at a level that she'd want to you know compete at. But I think it's still a good thing to find her in semifinals of a Masters 1000, particularly Indian Wells. Arena Savalenka has been on a I don't know what to call it. She's been fantastic. She's been on a mission to just stamp her dominance on tour. I mean, she won the Australian Open, as we remember. The only Grand Slam that we've played so far in the season. And after that, she won Adelaide before um, she won Adelaide before the Australian Open as well. And she's been quite fantastic. She didn't do well in, I think it's Doha or Dubai. You know, I, I tend to mix those two. She got knocked out by Kachikova, and it's not, it's not, it's not a disappointment. It's particularly at that time, it wasn't really disappointing when you look at what Kachikova has done. She beat Savalenka, Shuratek, and Pegula, all top three seeds, to win the the Dubai Open. So I think we can cut Savalenka some slack there, and she 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 beat Kachikova this week actually to avenge that loss so it was a it's still a, a good run that she's in i mean she dispatched off uh, cory goff like fairly easy fairly easy i mean i think she she 
she biggled her in the second set because she won in straight set. Yeah, I think she biggled her in the second set. It was quite a horrific show for those who support Kurikov, of course. But Sabalenka has been on a roll. Her serve is improving, particularly the second serve. I think it's improving. If you watch Sabalenka today, you wouldn't tell this is someone who regularly struggled with second serve, double faults and all of that. So I think uh, credit to her. Credit to her. And also her aggression has been has been quite moderated in terms of it's like maybe these are things that come with experience because she's been on top for a while now so i think maybe it's her coming of age type of moment particularly with her aggression because she's always been aggressive but it's always been a matter of can she you know moderate and control the aggression when and how to you know release all of that power that she possesses but yeah, um, the prediction would be Sabalenka. I think she's the better player as we speak. Her form is better than that of Sakari. And I think if it gets to those difficult points, I see Sabalenka having the edge. So I think that's what will uh, work in her favor. However, I, I feel a need to point that I don't see it being a closely contested match. I just, I see Sabalenka running through Sakari. I mean, I would expect something like a 6362, 6363 scoreline. Three sets, that's what I expect. I mean, for Sakari to win a set, you'd probably say she has to win the tiebreaker. That's how I see her winning even one set, a tiebreaker. That's just how dominant Sabalenka has been this season. Now, the most interesting match, obviously, is. Shuatek and Rybakina. Rybakina is a revelation, has been a revelation for the past year. She is incredible. She just um, outlasted Karolina Muchova um, a few hours ago. I mean, I thought Muchova was heavily strapped, like she had a lot of tape around her thighs and we, like it worried me as a spectator because I, I like Muchova, right? I, I like her and her game. But I didn't like seeing her so striped. Like it, it wasn't a, a good sight to look at. I mean, obviously her tennis will always be top notch. That's why I like him. But yeah, I didn't like that. But the tennis was fantastic. Both ladies were bringing it. But as uh, as we often see nowadays, Rebakina just has an extra gear. When you think that she's uh, defeated, she just pulls out that extra gear. She goes to a higher, you know, she takes it a, a level higher than her opponent. I mean, I, I watched the game, uh, the match she played against um, the Spanish Badosa. I mean, fantastic. I think I saw how it was clear that Ribakina was the better player, but Paula was fighting, trying to get back into the match, trying to get back into the match, but. Elena is a monster, particularly mentality-wise, she's a mentality monster. And she just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. She was down a break, she broke back, and you know, it was it was a fantastic match of tennis. I think that's what we've come to expect from Elena Rimbarkina's matches. She's always going to give you a top quality, you know, performance. It just depends on the opponent that she's facing. Will the opponent also come to the party? And when the opponent comes to the party, it's a, it's it's a fantastic match of tennis. I I, I say the same about Barbara Krejcikova. 
she's always going to be fantastic even when she loses she's always going to be fantastic what determines the quality of a match is probably the the opponent the level of the opponent because both Rimbakina and Kichikova really make mistakes and they're always going to give the best and yeah sometimes even if their best is not enough you still you're still happy about the performance like the overall match as a spectator but yeah back to the Shiratek and Rimbakina match I mean we know that for Rimbakina to advance to the finals in Australia she had to beat Suratek and yeah it was it was quite a dominant performance I think a lot of people myself included were are still wondering right now how has Suratek planned for Rebekina this time or how is she going to plan for Rebekina this time because it was clear that Rebekina's power was too much for Suratek to handle and Rebekina wasn't really giving Suratek time to you know get into a rhythm, prepare for the for the returns and all of that. It was just power. Raw absolute power and 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 and, and great placement by the way. I think the, the strategy for Rebakina won't change. It will just be the same. So the match would really depend or hinge on whether Shriatek has adjusted from the last time they faced each other. Bear in mind that the last two meetings that Shriatek has had with Rebakina, Rebakina won in straight sets. The, 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 the first of the two is the one that happened. There was an exhibition match at the end of 2022. I think it was in Dubai or Saudi Arabia, but it was in the Middle East. And obviously, when I saw the, the, the match result, I thought, it's, it's an exhibition. I know Shuatek is dominant and doesn't really let go of the dominance, no matter how small or big the occasion is. But yeah, I told myself, you know what? Um, Maybe Rebekina needed, needed this more. I knew that she, she's a talent, top five talent in my opinion. Um, but then I just thought, okay, let's see what's going to happen. And then the big match came at uh, Australian Open. Rebekina did the same, dominated Shuratek. Uh, so now we're wondering, I am wondering, how is this meeting going to fail? out? But then again, with the improvements that Rebekina has made in terms of her movement on court, you know, um, I still see Rebekina winning this one. I see Rebekina winning it. Obviously, Iga Shiatek has been dominant, so you can't, you can't say Shiatek is going to get dominated or there's no chance Shiatek can win. That's just absolutely impossible. Um, it's quite a tricky match. It's quite a tricky match because, but it, it, so the only insights you have coming into this is what has changed from the last encounter. Other than that, form and everything else doesn't really count because these are two elite players and really playing elite tennis. But make no mistake, Shuatek even after the losses comes back and deals with people decisively. I think she bailed someone during this run to where she is now at the semifinals of Indian Worlds. And just to show how dominant she has been or continues to be, Shriatek being in the semifinals of a Masters 1000 doesn't really surprise you. Even like I haven't watched even one Iga match this Indian Worlds. 
because I'm someone that doesn't like watching matches that I know the conclu- the conclusion to and sometimes this you know bites me at the in the back because of I I get to miss upsets but with people like Daniel Medvedev and Iga Swiatek they are systematic in their approach the approach is the same they don't no matter the opponent so sometimes you just you can just see that there's a certain player that just won't beat Iga Swiatek not because the player didn't do enough or something else it like it's tennis heritage that's how I'd best put it but yeah um, enough about that I'm really intrigued I'm really intrigued about the developments that or other improvements that Swiatek has made generally because when you look at how her losses come when she loses she loses really bad I mean take you back to the loss she she suffered at the hands of Jessica Pegula I mean Pegula was one step ahead at everything I'm referring to the United Cup uh, clash that they had Pegula was ahead, or was was in front at, at everything you know so you wonder how is she going to evolve so that they don't catch up to her because you can only keep doing certain things for so long and then coaches start planning and preparing for you and i know that she has a really good coach so i think she'll also you know improve but as far as i'm concerned outside of herself i struggle to find something she can improve obviously she can improve playing against power but i don't know how to quantify that i don't know how to say okay this is what she should do in training i don't know maybe have someone that hits very hard hitting with her and then i don't know but as far as other things are concerned she just seems like the total package she has everything figured out court coverage stamina physicality backhand forehand maybe the backhand can do some some work but it's development that's casual as a result of age and maturity and experience and just tweaking things naturally as a competitor but i'm just realizing how i kind of fear that iga has reached her ceiling and her ceiling is still enough to be number one that's the that's the nice thing about her but as a competitor and an athlete you always want to go a notch higher you always got to improve you always want to you know do something different put something in your back be unpredictable in a way so yeah, that's that's one of my worries about Israel maybe this episode is going somewhere that you didn't expect it to go but yeah I still see her like you know winning so the final of Indian Wells for me I see a repeat of Australian Open and yeah that's just goes to show how dominant these two ladies are uh, Balkina and Sabalenka but yeah um that's it that's it really looking forward to seeing what happens in Miami as well we are in store for great great deal of tennis and quality tennis for that matter anyways this has been a nice episode um I hope you watch the matches and yeah do interact with me in the interaction panel on Spotify so yeah this podcasting has a as a thing there where you can interact with the host and you know answer the questions the host asks you and all of that but yeah cheers till next time
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Behind the Scoreline. Or better yet, just send them the link to this episode. Thank you.